Welcome to Grow Well. My name is Dusty Heggie and I am your host. I am over the top excited that you're here and that we get to spend the next little bit together talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart and very, very important. Something that I think needs to be said and talked about more. So I hope that this is the beginning of many, many conversations about self-care and how we can approach this topic in a very holistic and true to what God has to tell us about ourselves and about scripture and about himself, most of all, as we go forward. So I understand that this is a controversial topic and I understand that it's a hard one to talk about. And so I guess this is my invitation to say that this is not me saying one thing and it's 100% true and then we move on with our days. This is the beginning of a very important conversation and dialogue that I would really love to have with you about the topic of self-care and why I don't I don't like everything that has followed with the self-care movement. Before we dive in to this topic that's really, really close to my heart, I want to ask you to click subscribe in your podcast player so that you don't miss new episodes of Grow Well Podcast. This helps me to create better content for you. It helps you to be able to get access to that content and it grows this wonderful planty community because here on Grow Well, we talk about plant growth and personal growth and the beautiful parallels that God has to teach us between the two of those things and how we can grow as people and how we can grow our plants. Today, as you may have already gathered, is a very personal growth-focused kind of episode, and so I'm excited to dive in. But please make sure you click subscribe, and if you haven't already, if you would like some figurative bonus points that are not at all redeemable for any real, physical, or perceived value or reward, they're just... They're just pretend virtual bonus points. You can leave me a review. Thoughtful, well-written reviews and feedback for the podcast mean so much to me. So, so much. If you can take the time to leave a rating and a review, click subscribe. I would be so very grateful. Okay, let's chat self-care. The self-care movement has swept across Instagram and therefore, I assume, the whole nation. And honestly, I don't. I don't love it. I know I've said that already, but I just don't love it. Now, don't get me wrong. I am grateful for parts of it. But like an overgrown garden, I think we've all gotten a little bit carried away and there is some weeding that needs to be done here. What I believe started out as a very important message of you're allowed to have fun, to eat good food, to invest in personal growth, to grow your hobbies, and to do the little things that make you happy has turned into a frighteningly deceptive half-truth. One that seems shiny and lovely and wonderful, but ends up leaving us feeling more frustrated and more empty than when we began. Self-care quickly became a little voice in our heads that whispers toxic lies and tells us that we aren't living up to standards, that it becomes a space to focus on all the shoulds and the lack rather than on the abundant blessings that God has poured out for us. What I despise the most about the self-care movement is that it puts self at the forefront. And I am here to tell you that not you or I belong at the forefront. God is first always. When we come to God first, he provides us with rest, with energy, with healing. He's like our bubble bath that never gets cold or our Netflix binge that doesn't leave you more weary than when you started. Now, please, 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 my dear friend, don't get me wrong. Bubble baths and Netflix binges have their place. You add a glass of Islay scotch or red wine to that mix and you've got yourself a pretty incredible evening. 
I am team fun. I know and have seen firsthand the incredible value of allowing yourself and investing in good fun has on our personal growth, on our mental health, and on our overall well-being, and on the well-being, personal growth, and mental health of those around us. Like, having fun is valuable, and it's so important. And if you followed my personal journey at all in the last year or so, you know how important this topic of allowing ourselves to have fun and invest in our hobbies and invest in education and our passions and invest in personal growth means to me. It means a whole lot. I urge you to allow yourself to have fun and be intentional about having fun and relaxing well, but these things are just the icing on the cake. The real self-care happens from heart work. This is what true self-care really is. True self-care, as I'm sure we all know, is more than manicures and movie nights and shopping trips. True self-care is taking care of yourself. I'm going to say that one more time. True self-care is taking care of yourself. And I know that seems simple, but there's a lot more depth here that I want to unpack. First, let me start with this metaphor. I have two daughters. They aren't metaphorical daughters. They're real daughters, just to be clear. Uh, They're human toddlers, and they're less than a year and a half apart. And if you have kids, you have been told or maybe shouted at via social media, via a concerned mother or mother-in-law or friend or stranger or old lady at the grocery store that you need to prioritize self-care, that you can do more than just raise your kids or that the best way to care for your kids and to care for yourself is by getting away from them. All of these are half-truths at best and maybe you don't have kids but you have work or school or projects or family or something that demands a lot of your attention. Thus far in my life, nothing has needed all of me more than my daughters, and thus far, never have I been reminded how much I need Jesus. So here's my metaphor. Let's say my daughters are having a rough day. They're throwing tantrums, they're acting up, they're overreacting to the littlest things, fighting with their sibling, yelling at me, and just being rude little toddlers because, let's be real, sometimes toddlers are rude. So like most parents, I'm going to start with their physical needs and making sure their physical needs are met. Have they had a snack recently? Do they need a diaper change? Are they sick at all? Are they really tired? If all of these needs, like physical needs, are met and they're fine, like from a physical standpoint, they aren't tired, they don't need a diaper change, like they've had good food recently, then usually the reason for this kind of behavior is either boredom or a lack of attention. Now, I could either throw on an episode of Llama Llama to get those symptoms, so to speak, to stop. Like they would stop throwing a fit, they would stop screaming, they would stop the temper tantrums, they would sit and watch TV and be calm and quiet. We could all just take a breath for a second. And sometimes there's a place for that. Or I could sit down with them and play with them for a while and talk to them and ask them questions. I could give them instructions and better ways to handle frustrating situations or discipline them in love and grace and mercy, which begins with intentional time to calm down, and a real conversation. Even with a toddler, this is possible. Both of these issues, boredom and a need for attention, which is just a human need to be reminded that they are loved no matter the situation, could be very genuinely helped by quality time, by setting down what I'm doing and sitting on the floor with them and paying attention. 
Now, I'm super not a perfect mom. Sometimes I'm not able to sit down on the floor with my kids. Or I'm the one who's grumpy and just needs them to shut up for a second and I turn on Llama Llama and it's not a them issue, it's a me issue. Sometimes the situation calls for a little Llama Llama and that's okay. Sometimes I have to, or I feel like I have to, turn to some worldly comforts just to survive the day. And I am here to tell you that there is no shame in that. That's okay. But Jesus, he can always get on the floor and play with us. He can and does constantly remind us that we are deeply loved no matter the situation. Do you see where I'm going with this? I know that there are some holes in this metaphor, and if you're a parent, you and I both know that every little tantrum doesn't mean that you aren't loving your kid well, but that at that very moment, they just require more of your attention, love, and mercy, and instruction, just like you and me. Because you and I, we have tantrums too. Our body and our souls cry out for attention from our Heavenly Father, and we can feel the weight of how badly we need Him. Only instead of recognizing for what it truly is, we typically say that we don't feel at peace or we feel overwhelmed or we feel stressed or we feel anxious because we've had a hard week at work or maybe more than a week, maybe a year or maybe several years or because we're sick or because our kids are bonkers or because we're suffering from a chronic illness because we are battling depression because finals are coming because we have so much family drama because... Our spouses are never home. For whatever the reason, we lean into that reason for our emptiness and for our frustrations and for our lack of ability to truly rest. Because that's kind of the end goal of self-care, right? To reward ourselves, to feel some pleasure, and to rest in, in the satisfaction of our day or to escape our day. This is typically the reason why we need self-care. Not for one second do I want to minimize the trials and hardships and sufferings that you and I experience. That is an empty, fruitless road that does not need to be journeyed down. What you're going through, the hardships that you've experienced, the trauma that you've suffered, the trials that you face are very real And they suck, my friend. They are hard. There is no need to sugarcoat it and make it something that it's not. It's hard. That's okay that it's hard. But the answer to this suffering and hardship isn't just bubble baths. It isn't just time away from my kids. And it isn't just Netflix benches. In every single situation, you need to sit on the floor and allow your Heavenly Father to give you the attention you need. And you need to give God the glory and honor that he rightfully deserves. A healthy, peaceful, and joyful relationship with God is a mutual one, not one where God sits on this golden throne and points his finger at us and demands things of us while we blindly follow like sheep to the fodder. Our God is like a shepherd who grooms us. He cares for us. He calls us by name. He helps us to thrive and experience joy even within suffering and brokenness, one where he gives to us, even when life is hard and painful, even when we can't see that he's giving to us, and one where we give to him, even when we are so tired, all we want to do is veg in front of a TV or scroll on Instagram for an hour and double tap some photos. Do you see where I'm going with this, guys? God doesn't give to us out of lawfulness or need, but rather out of desire, and he wants to bless us and care for us. God doesn't need you. 
He doesn't need you at all. He's God. He's got all the things already. Doesn't need you. But God chose you. He wants you. And even if you don't want him back, he still wants you. You, my dear friend, need more than an empty relationship with God to care for yourself. I recently took a Bible class on theology of work in preparation for a secret project I've been working on for you guys. And I took it via biblicaltraining.org. It's a free Bible college taught by top biblical professors around the nation. It's incredible. I love it. I will sing its praises forever. And I will have a direct link to biblicaltraining.org in the show notes and directly to the theology of work class that I recently took because it was really, 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 really incredible, you guys. But anyways, the professor that taught this class was Dr. Gary Bershears. Bershars? I'm so sorry with the pronunciation again, guys. It's going to forever be a thing that I have a hard time with. But Dr. Gary Bershars, and he's from Western Seminary. He teaches at Western Seminary. And he does this theology of work class that I took. He has a wonderful article that I would love to share an excerpt with you guys. It says, Tragically, many Christians have lost the understanding of new life of the Spirit. They do not preach or live the regeneration of believers rather than living out a joy-filled life flowing from their deepest desire to be like Jesus. They settle for being sinners saved by grace, obligated to do all they can to keep the law of God by duty rather than delight. I'm going to read that to you one more time, just in case you zoned out for a second. I hope you bring your attention back to me for a minute. You back? Are you ready? Okay. It says, tragically, many Christians have lost the understanding of the new life of the Spirit. They do not preach or live the regeneration of believers. Rather than living out a joyful life flowing from their deepest desire to be like Jesus, they settle for being sinners saved by grace, obligated to do all they can to keep the law of God by duty rather than delight. Those are some pretty powerful words. And in my humble opinion, there is still beauty to be found in keeping the law of God out of duty rather than delight, but only to a point. And this article that Dr. Gary Brashars wrote has a lot more depth to it. And remember that this is just a few sentences. And again, I will have a link to the full article so that you can read it because... It's really, really good to see things within context here. But in my humble opinion, there is still beauty to be found in keeping the law of God out of duty rather than delight. For a long time, I neglected to study my Bible because it felt like a chore. It felt overwhelming. And I know, I mean, I've grown up in the church. I know that our relationship with God should be one out of delight and not one out of blind obedience. And so I was fearful. I was just blindly being obedient and reading the Bible just for the sake of reading the Bible. And so because of that, I just stopped reading it because I felt so guilty that I didn't find this depth of joy every time I read my Bible or tried to come to Christ and have a conversation with God. Like I didn't, I didn't feel these emotions and I felt really guilty for not feeling it. And so then I just stopped. I thought if I took a break, I could come back and feel refreshed and renewed and ready to study. But oh man, was I wrong. The issue with me trying to take a break from scripture and then come back again when I was feeling renewed is the very same issue that the self-care movement brings us. It's selfish. And I know that's harsh, but we will never be revived and renewed by our own efforts. God says in Matthew 11 that we need only take his yoke upon us and then we will find his rest. This is a paraphrase from the scripture, and I'll have a direct link to the full article, or not the full article, the full passage in Matthew 11. And I suggest this study in this if this is a topic that's hard for you. 
it's just a good it's just a good thing to read you guys but a yoke is a big heavy wooden contraption thingy the technical term used to like mules would carry wagons full of things from one place to another or horses would use to carry big jugs of milk you know it's what you see in a farm they're big and heavy and gigantic and it takes work to carry this so then why is god's is why is this saying that if we take god's yoke upon ourselves we will find rest i think there's a lot of beauty to be found within understanding this passage and within maybe not understanding but wrestling with it and asking some deeper questions and allowing this to be the starting point for which you start to think about what it means to take care of ourselves and think about what it means to take God's yoke upon us and find rest in God. I know today's topic is a heavy one and I want to pause for just a moment and allow you to make a cup of coffee. And since we're talking about coffee, I'm going to tell you about an incredible sponsor for Grow Well. Without sponsors like these, the podcast wouldn't be possible and we wouldn't be able to have the incredible conversation we're having today. Velodrome Coffee Company is by far my favorite coffee company. I have spent my very own money on their coffee for well over three years, and I will continue to do it for as long as they are roasting coffee beans for me. I personally have their coffee subscription, so I order once, and then I never have to think about it again. Every two weeks, I get a fresh whole bean bag of 12 ounce coffee ready to go and they seal their coffee with nitrogen so that it stays nice and fresh until the moment I'm ready to open up and make my very favorite cup of coffee. Velodrome Coffee Company personally sources all of their green coffee beans. This means that they have talked to, shaken the hands of, and walked on the farms of the farmers who work so very hard to grow healthy, sustainable, and ethically made green coffee beans with workers who are fairly treated and paid well and respected and held at a very high standard to create some really incredible coffee. And all of the hard work from these farmers, all of the hard work that Velodrome Coffee Company puts into roasting and bringing out the incredible flavors that these green beans have does not go unnoticed. Truly, their coffee is incredible and it's so affordable. It is very, very, very affordable. You can buy either a single bag or you can jump on the subscription train like I am at velodromecoffeecompany.com and then we can be drinking the same coffee together. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay, I hope you're done making yourself a cup of coffee, that you've taken a deep breath, and let's dive back into this show. God knows that it takes work for us to trust him, for us to obey him, for us to rest in him. Yet still, he invites us into work with him, a partnership with him. And as we work for him and with him and beside him, God will give us a rest more sustainable, more everlasting, more flawless, just perfect rest that no Netflix binge will ever bring us. This rest is everlasting. In just two short weeks, I'm going to be revealing a secret project with you guys, and I am just beyond stoked. I cannot wait. It's something that God has put in my heart years ago before I even started this podcast, actually, and it came out of a need that I saw directly from this very poorly executed self-care movement. Taking care of yourself is important. 
It's essential. Please, please, please take care of yourself. But never mistake yourself or the things of this world to be the best way to do that. I'm going to be revealing my secret project on January 1st here on this very podcast and to my email fam, and I am super excited. And I know that this topic of self-care is a hard one, and I can say with full confidence, as I have battled mental health issues myself for ages, it feels like, please know that your efforts to take care of yourself are good. They have deep value even when they're misplaced. God's grace covers literally everything and everyone who chooses to accept it. Well, everything as in all of the wrong things that we do or good efforts that have been misplaced. But God's grace covers all of that for those who choose to accept it. Today, no matter where you are in life, I really want to encourage you to just rest in God's grace. And for a long time, when people told me to rest in God's grace, I was so confused. I was like, how do you Okay, that sounds like a great slogan, but how do you actually do that? And if you're thinking the same thing, if you're thinking, Dusty, I would love to rest in God's grace, but one, rest does not sound appealing to me. I have too much work to get done. And two, how the heck do you rest in God's grace? That makes zero sense. I'm here to say, (laughs) I feel you. And I get why that sounds confusing. I get why it sounds confusing to take God's yoke, the weight of God's work upon us, and that in that work, we will find rest. I understand that doesn't make sense. God understands that to us. That doesn't make sense at first. So if you're in a place where that doesn't make sense to you right now, then my assignment to you, my pleading with you is ask God. My prayer is that if this feels confusing to you or if you don't really know how to rest in God's grace or you know how to in the sense of like a Sunday school saying, but Once you leave that building or once you stop that conversation with your friend or once you set down your Bible and you turn around and see a cup of milk spilt all across the floor from a toddler whose Llama Llama episode has ended and you suddenly feel all of the rest from God's grace leave your body, ask God about it. Like, have you asked him how to rest in his grace? Have you asked him what it means to truly trust him and to truly love him? Because I know for me, for a long time, I didn't ask those questions. I think we feel like we can't ask them. Like, we're supposed to just know automatically how to love God. Or like, we're supposed to just know automatically how to trust him and how to have full faith in him. And I don't think that's the kind of relationship that God is inviting us into. And that's certainly not the right way to take care of ourselves. I know that this is a really hard conversation, but I really want to remind you that God made you and he paid the ultimate price to take care of you. Just as any parent hopes that their child will take care of themselves, God wants that for you. God really wants you to practice some good self-care. Like God wants that for you. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to feel comfortable. He wants you to be happy. But more than that, he needs you to trust him. If you want any of those things to ever happen for you, you absolutely need to trust him. When I set my Bible down and I stopped reading it because I didn't feel these emotions, I neglected to realize that self-discipline, spiritual discipline, and trusting God and having faith in God All of these things go hand in hand. So if you're not at a place where you feel those lovey-dovey emotions, that's an oversimplification of, I think, what, what the point is trying to be made here when we delight in God. But if you're having a hard time delighting in God and you're doing it simply out of obedience, keep doing it. And then 
ask God to help you to feel it. Ask God to make it real to you as you continue to take steps forward in faithfulness and in obedience. Okay, can you do that for me? I know I said it already, but this really is a hard conversation. It's a hard conversation for me to bring up because I know it's a controversial one. It's a hard conversation to talk about when our relationship right now is me talking to you and you don't get to respond back to me. So I want to invite you to a real conversation with me. I hang out the most on Instagram and you can find me at Grow Well Podcast on Instagram. No punctuation or anything, just Grow Well Podcast. There, I would love to hear from you personally. Send me a DM, comment on something. Like, just help me to hear your voice in as best way that I can so that we can have a real, genuine conversation about this topic and so that we can grow well as a community, so that we can study God's word and and become theologians and, and grow nearer to our maker. I'm going to wrap up the show. I think that this is this is enough for one day, and I hope that it encourages you, and I hope that you see that you are so worth the efforts it takes to grow well. As I wrap up, I'm going to pray for us. God, I pray that you please just help us to find comfort and rest in your love. We are so very grateful, God, for how you intentionally care for us and that you appreciate the little things like fun and plants and beauty and a good conversation and a well-made cup of coffee. I know, God, that these are things that make you happy. And I pray that we can appreciate them for the gifts that they are. But God, please help us to see that these these things here on this earth, though delicious icing on the cake, are not substantial tools for rest and substantial they are not gonna, they're not going to save us, God. And we know that that's just you. It's really easy for me, God, to think that if I could just sit and rest and watch TV that I'm going to wake up feeling better. But that's rarely the case. And I know that the answer to that is coming to you and asking you for rest and asking you for strength and asking you for wisdom and and asking you to bring happiness and joy back into my life. And so, God, I ask that you give me the spiritual discipline to come to you first. It feels really hard and it feels silly that it feels really hard. And then I start to feel guilty because it shouldn't be hard because God, we know that you love us. God, we know that you care for us. And yet still, it's so hard. Thank you for setting your son to this world to pay an ultimate sacrifice for us to experience the hardships that we experience because I know that you understand. I know that you don't belittle me. I know that you don't think less of me and that you value me and that you want me to grow well. And so, God, I pray that you help me. God, I just pray that you help me to do that. Lastly, Lord, I pray for the woman who is feeling trapped in her own home, for the woman who is so overworked she just feels like she can't bring her head up to breathe, for the woman who forgets to brush her teeth, because she's so focused on taking care of everybody else or holding herself together that she can't even draw a bubble bath. God, I pray for the woman who feels fearful and for the woman who feels lonely. I pray, God, that you remind each and every one of us that wholeness, love, rest, and your healing, God, is only possible through you. God, you didn't make us for this world and that true forever rest is coming. I know that I am so quick to to forget that. And so, Lord, I pray that you prompt me to repeat it to myself, that you repeat it to me through the voices of those around me, through the social media that I consume, 
Remind me again and again and again of your goodness and of your plan and that, God, you have a rescue mission set in place to bring us all back home to you. And in the meantime, God, I ask that you help us to steward our gifts and our blessings and ourselves in a way that really glorifies you and puts you first. God, we're really, really grateful for you, and we love you so deeply. Help us to learn to love you more. Amen. Ladies, I'm grateful that you're here with me today. And gentlemen, I'm grateful that you're here with me today too if you're listening in. I hope that you have an incredible week of growing well.